Welcome to the Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. Lydia of Thyatira is mentioned many times in the New Testament. She opened her home to allow others to encourage one another in the Gospel. Inspired by her, the Lydia Project seeks to bring encouragement to others through stories from the homes and hearts of Christian women. We particularly like to chat with women from all walks of life, not just those who may be better known in evangelical circles. We like to talk to ordinary women about our extraordinary God. Today, our guest would count herself as an ordinary woman. She is one of the most humble women I know, which to me makes her pretty extraordinary. She is someone who has known pain and heartache more than most, through many things, including infertility and death. Yet, she has learned through all of this to come to God's word with honesty and trust. This is one of our shorter interviews, but I feel that it may be one that sits with you for days to come. I am your host, Taryn Hayes, and please welcome with me to The Lydia Project, Sue Duke. Thanks, Taryn. It's good to be here with you. It's been about 18 months since I've seen Sue, and we've just spent maybe the last two hours chatting with our two older teen daughters. And when we used to get together, it was good because the kids would go off to play and the mums would have their tea and coffee and, and chat for ages. And it's felt so different having our teen girls join us because um, we haven't seen each other for 18 months either. And it's a new phase of life, and it's so nice. I had such a great time talking to these girls. There. It was really good to be there with them. It really, really was. Now, Sue, you and I first met, if I'm correct, back in 2000 when I joined the John Woodcliffe Christian School, and you were a teacher there already, English and Maths. That's right. And I came along as this very brand new student teacher originally and then teacher. And that's where we got to know each other. But our lives have taken quite a few turns since then, since it's been about 19 years. So I'm hoping that in our chat we can talk through some of the ways that the Lord has been involved in your life. Um, But before we go there, I'm going to start with the big question. How did you become a Christian? How did you get to know Jesus? I was fortunate enough to grow up in a Christian home. And don't actually remember a time when I didn't believe that Jesus was my savior and that he died to save my sins. I did always have a bit of a complex that I didn't remember making that commitment. So I can remember many, many times sitting in church thinking, okay, today's the 17th of August, 19, whatever. And today's the day I gave my life to the Lord. Now I've got a date. And then a few months later, I'd have forgotten that date and I'd feel bad again that I didn't have a day of conversion. And I think it took years to, to really understand that God works differently in different people's lives. And that for me, it was the privilege of always having heard about Jesus and always knowing what he'd done for me. And there didn't have to be a specific day or time of conversion. Um, but I do know that as a teenager, God used um, my youth leaders particularly. And they weren't the most cool or with it, but they were men who were willing to be used by God and who formed relationships with us and taught us the word. And it was at that period as a 16, 17-year-old that I think my faith was cemented and um, I truly committed my life you know, and my future to God. And I look back at that time and I'm so grateful for friends that helped cement that faith and helped me make godly decisions going forward. And yeah, so I've been walking with the Lord most of my life, or mostly he's been hanging on to me. <laughs> I <laughs> think does. I'd still be there in my own strength. Um, yeah. yeah, Isn't it just, I love to hear these stories of where young people have grown up in the faith and can speak to how people have been so faithful in their teen years 
and yeah. how it's shaped them. Because yeah, we we do we feel that the conversion stories, you know, from the drugs and this that and the next thing, are the the powerful testimonies. But how powerful it is actually also to have grown up with people faithfully day in and day out serving the Lord. Completely. So. Uh, yeah, I, I remember my, my conversion day, but I don't remember the date. <laughs> um, so what ministry are you currently involved in? So I'd say probably my biggest ministry has to be my ministry at home with my children and those that are homeschooled and those that aren't. Um, church-wise, I'm involved in the women's ministry at our church and I help lead a group of women who organize events and opportunities for other women to be encouraged in their faith and to hear the word and to grow in in the Lord. Um, so that's my main involvement from a church point of view um, with little bits of helping with mission work and or just help support a missionary couple, host a Bible study in our home, mm-hmm. um, smaller things like that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about homeschooling. So you said you homeschool some of your kids and some not. So what's the situation? So we made the decision from early to homeschool our children, probably about the same time as you made the decision. (laughs) Um, And uh, my older two kids have been homeschooled right from the beginning using mostly Sunlight, a Christian curriculum from America. Um, Our third child was homeschooled until she was in grade three but always had a, a deep desire to go to school and be part of the, the school system. So at the end of grade three, we decided she'd had a firm foundation at home. And um, I was reluctant to have her get to the end of her schooling and be resentful of us for having chosen something that she really didn't want. Mm. Um, and so from this last, last year, she joined grade four at our local government school and has just thrived. She's loved every moment of it, and her bubbly people personality has been um, fed. Mm. (laughs) Um, So it's been hard in that there are many things that she's not getting that I wish she was still getting, but in other ways I've just been grateful that um, she's been more content where Mm. she is. Um, And yeah, it's given us different opportunities as a family. Yeah, I can imagine. How does that? How do you balance it all with the homeschooling and the schooling and the hours and the holidays? And yeah, so it's clipped our wings a little bit. Um, we can't have holidays out of school term as easily as we used to, and that's been a bit of a frustration um, or just a change. On a day-to-day basis, it is challenging having a foot in both both mm. camps. You kind of um, have the morning pressure of of one set of one system and then the afternoon pressure of another with homework and and all those different things um but to be honest um I'm not spreading myself quite as thin and that has helped I've got um two children at home now with very different curriculums and very different needs and I can focus on that without trying to add a third um and there are many moms who do that very ably but I wasn't maybe managing it as successfully And it's given me a chance to help my elder daughter with her more academic um, demands. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about your kids. Um, so we, you've got an older daughter who's <laughs> 16 and then a 14-year-old and then Karis is just ten, turned just 10. Turned 10. Mm. That's right. So our children are all adopted, which is maybe more unusual. 
Um, they've all been with us since they were tiny babies. Um, and we've just been amazingly grateful to God for the family that he's given us and the children that he's given to us. They're three very different children with completely different personalities. Um, my son is mildly autistic, and that's given us a whole host of challenges and, um, yeah, learning curves. <laughs> um, but God has been incredibly faithful, and they're all in a good space at the moment. Yeah, and watching your family over the years, I'm often amazed at how much poise and calm you have, which I just don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're just, God has carried us through hard times and you probably don't see the moments where there is no poise and there is no calm. We all have those (laughs) moments. There have been many of those. But yeah, and I know that we've still got a road to travel. I think our youngest will be a challenging teenager unless God does a lot of ironing out (laughs) in the next few years. And I have moments of fear when I wonder, you know, what the road's going to look like, and I worry about the paths that we have to walk down. But then you look back and you see where God has taken you, and you see how he's helped with seemingly insurmountable problems all those Mm -hmm. years ago. And you have to just trust that he's been faithful in the past, and he will continue to be faithful Mm -hmm. in the future. Um, whether or not our prayers are answered in the way we want them to be answered. Yes. I I mean, that that part is so true and yet so hard Mm -hmm. at the same time (laughs) because we can give lip service to that. And I Mm. think I'm pretty good at giving lip service to that. But when the crunch comes... Yeah. No, there are times when I've been... You find yourself praying one way, but then working out back up. Yes, stories. If God doesn't answer that, what am I going to do to get the same outcome? Yes. Um, and then realize that that's actually not the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, you put your, your your brave prayer out. Lord, I know you're in control and, and no matter what you bring to me, but please don't bring that to me. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and there have been yeah. times, I think, when you've actually had some pretty big things come along your way. I mean, you've had a tough year this last year with your dad passing away. And your... Yeah, my dad and my sister passed away this last mm. year. Um and a good friend just before that. So we had a very tough year. And then just walking an elderly parent through death and bereavement has mm. been incredibly challenging. And I think a lot of friends my age are are dealing with the reality of aging parents mm. and um, just all the, the decisions and the complexities and the heartaches of that stage of life Mm. Um, and no one really has any answers Um, but yeah there are lots of people who are walking through the same path Mm. and um, that's just a new phase of life for us. Um, Have you found things in this new phase of life that you hadn't ever thought of until you were in it that you weren't expecting? I think the reality of, of grief, um, especially for the partner of someone who's died, mm. um, when you've been married for nearly 50 years and you lose your partner, you know, even when there were challenges in the marriage or mm. you know, just the realities of living together weren't always easy, losing someone is incredibly hard. And watching my mom go through that, along with ill health and um, aging, has been very hard. And then for myself, having a parent who's very needy while still parenting young children 
has been enormously challenging um, mm. because I actually don't know where to find the time to give her everything she needs and still be present with my own family. Um, and that has been hard. Mm. Uh, I, it would be easier if my kids were 10 years older yes. than they are now. Yes. Um, but they're not. And um, we've got to navigate this time. Yeah. With the Lord's help. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, as well that you're involved in women's ministry. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. So that's been a learning curve, um, but I'd never actually, I probably would always have foreseen me being involved in children's ministry, not women's ministry. So it's been a, okay, this is where God's put me. I think the best part has been working on a committee with other women who are passionate about um, where God has placed them and being involved in the life of the women at the church. So we're on a learning curve. We're not completely, um, yeah, we, we're working out what it means to be involved in women's ministry at our church. One of my favorite things is we've started a coffee and encouragement afternoon once a term um, where we've just completely relaxed the program. It's not a fancy high tea. There's no tickets being solved. There's no there's no entertainment or expectation. It's just women getting around a table together and generally a member of the congregation giving a testimony, not really how I came to Christ, but how Christ has been real to me in this situation or at this stage of my life or mm -hmm. in the last year or two or whatever. Um, so really just getting to know each other on a smaller scale as women in the church and I always am so encouraged hearing individual stories. I guess that's what this is. Yes. Um, you realize that God has been close to someone who's very like you um, in just the everyday reality of their, heart, their lives, the struggles that they're facing. Um, and just to hear their story is encouraging. Mm -hmm. And so these afternoons are just opportunities to hear each other's stories, to get to know each other better and to point each other towards Christ. And the hope is that as women meet around coffee and chat after hearing a testimony, that they'll then leave the church and continue to meet around coffee and mm. chat and build relationships um, and encourage one another. Because I think our lives can often be a little bit lonely, um, just facing the challenges that we're facing mm. and not always um, drawing together and walking with each other. Yeah. And so that's been what we've tried also just to be more honest with each other yes I think that was the impetus one of the women on the board was going through a really hard time and she said she'd go to church and people would ask how are you and she'd say I'm fine and actually she really wasn't mm. and just hating the um, duplicity of that and wanting to be more honest with each other mm. um, so that's what we're trying to encourage and that's been really good and the response to that how's that been it's been great. You know, I think for us, the challenge is also we're not aiming to have 200 people. Mm. In fact, what we've started doing is not advertising who's speaking <laughs> so that we don't get these very big events when it's someone who everyone knows yeah. or has a big story or, or something. So we're aiming to keep it to 30 or 35 people yeah. so that we can meet in a smaller venue and um, just have more real intimate conversations. Yeah. Um, and people are responding. It's been very encouraging. Yeah. And I think just lovely to hear the stories of the women in the church. Yeah. And get to know them a bit better. 
That's wonderful. And if people come back to you and said this has been great and all those kind of good feedback? Completely, you know, and I've, I've heard people go up to someone who's gone through the really most enormous struggle, losing a child and having another child very ill, and someone coming up to her and saying, I can't believe you've still kept your faith. Wow. And the woman saying, I wouldn't be here without God, yeah. you know, and just to testify to the fact that God is true through mm -hmm. the most incredible struggles and you wouldn't have survived without him. Mm. Um, and you can still, at the end of it, say God is good yes. and God is great and God has not left my side. Mm. Um, those, those are powerful stories and yeah. it's good to see people respond to them. That's fabulous. What a great idea. That's definitely one of those things that I love the Lydia Project for because I'm always hearing great ideas from people and now <laughs> you've given me another one, which is awesome. So my next question would be, the next big question is, what's happening right now in your life that you're passionate about? Maybe what's motivating you, um, impacting your faith right now? Well, I think we've already touched on them. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, homeschooling, um, you know, if I'm if I'm totally honest, I'm going to talk about real issues in my life at the moment rather mm -hmm. than broader social issues or anything else because it's been a bit of a survival period for mm -hmm. us. So I've started this year with a lot of fear, to be honest. I actually had to put a name to it a few nights ago um, and say, actually, I'm facing this year quite afraid because my eldest daughter's writing a big set of exams. They're quite academic. I hope that we're ready for it. I'm not quite sure. It's kind of where homeschooling, the rubber hits the road. And you hope that what you've done has been enough and that your child is not going to suffer for decisions that you've been involved in making. And so, I could, you know, from a homeschooling perspective, we've got a lot of challenges this year and that makes me quite nervous. And then family-wise, you know, will I be able to help my mom? Will I have enough time? Um, will we have wisdom? Um, we've got other family members who are in crisis and need a lot of help. So I have started this year quite fearful and I've been meaning to write down Joshua 1.9, <laughs> which is going to be my, my um, verse of the year, just God's assurance that we do not need to be afraid and that he is with us mm. and that that's not just a promise to Joshua, but also a promise to us. Um, so I think what's keeping me going this year is God's faithfulness in the past and uh, that I can't cope, I can't face this year without him, yeah. um, that I do not have the strength to face some of the challenges that we're facing and I can only do it in his strength and I struggle with the discipline of daily quiet times and prayer so that's not me being super spiritual mm. it's just me saying I actually need to sort it out mm. because I'm not going to cope without him and I need to be faithful to his word in order for him to speak to these issues in my life yeah. otherwise it's going to be a tough year <laughs> Do you have any accountability set up to help you along that way? Not massively, um, but I am working with a small group of women who are wanting to start a Bible study um, that will just help us to be accountable to each other. Mm. Um, so that's what I'm hoping will come okay. out of that um, yeah. this year. Now, you, I know you are... A a book reader, a bookworm of, of note. <laughs> um, Sue has introduced me to many, many great books, and we were in the same book club for many years, probably close on to seven, 
16, 17 years by the time I I'm sure. moved. Yeah. Um, filled with lots of wonderfully wise women who are older than us. Books that have touched your heart or have really helped you to focus on the Lord. Can you think of any offhand? I've no, I've sprung this one on you. <laughs> I think last year one of my favorites was Daring to Hope by Katie. Oh yes, um, Davis Major, Major that's Davis, it. Major or, Davis, yeah. Davis Major, um, which really just spoke to me also at a tell us a little a bit time. about who she is. So Katie is an, a young American girl who, after finishing high school, went on a short-term mission trip to Uganda, and fell in love with the country and the children. And ended up staying there and adopting 13 girls as a single young woman. So her first book, Kisses for Katie, is just an inspiring, I could never be like that, yeah. um, mission story. And then her second one is 10 years later, Daring to Hope, where she kind of is overwhelmed by the struggles of life and yeah. the daily routines of being a mom to so many children, which is just unimaginable, homeschooling the, many of yeah. them, and and then nursing women through terminal illnesses, yes. facing deaths of friends, stuff that I could never imagine doing. And yet um, she's very honest about the struggles and the the challenge to to keep trusting God and to keep the faith and yeah. to keep hoping even when twice in a row your friend dies after you've nursed them through illness. Yeah. Um, so trusting God and daring to hope even when life tells you something different. Yes. And I guess that was very real for me at the time. Absolutely. And I found it incredibly inspiring and challenging. I read the book twice and we used it as part of our book club last year um, in the women's ministry. Um, so that was one of my favorites. And my mind goes blank. <laughs> <laughs> I actually... I did a book review on Johnny Erickson and went back to some. I read her most recent biography, autobiography, Johnny and Ken, mm. which was also just a very honest response to the challenges of marriage um, for her being disabled in a marriage. But they rang true for me in marriage as well. Yes. You know, that sometimes it's hard and sometimes you mess up and sometimes yeah. it's not what you thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and that too was was encouraging and I downloaded one of her daily devotionals and I found that just a lovely way of starting devotions in the morning just mm. a, a short scripture and her meditations and often they've spoken to exactly where I am yeah. at the time yeah, I didn't know about her de daily devotional but I do remember reading about the struggles in the marriage and one of the things I was struck by was that you know here's a woman I've always considered since I first read her story when I was a teenager and just thought this woman was amazing and she mm. was to be who she is. She must be so super spiritual. And then you realize that she's just like the rest of us and struggles with selfishness and frustration in relationships. And on top of everything else she's struggling with. Incredible pain that. too. I don't yes. think I'd realized that you think if someone's paralyzed from the neck down, they're pain-free. Yes, And it's not. actually the complete opposite. So um, she's a very humble but very honest writer mm -hmm. and I think what amazed me when I did the book review at one of our ladies functions is that many people have never heard of her I really? thought that everyone knew who she was and I had quite a few people come to me afterwards and say actually they, they'd never heard of her wow um, that means that per perhaps some of our listeners have never heard of her yeah so and maybe she's very us a little bit active about her. on social media so 
Johnny was paralyzed in 1967 as a 17-year-old when she dived into the shallow waters of Chesapeake Bay and broke her neck. Um, so her first autobiographies came out in the 70s, I think, and just, yeah, journeyed her learning to cope with quadriplegia mm -hmm. and learning to live and not want to die with this life that God had allowed her to live. And for 50 years, she has faithfully witnessed to God's goodness and his faithfulness. And she has run a ministry called Johnny and Friends, which has been incredibly powerful in helping other disabled people to cope with life, paralyzed or in chronic pain or whatever else. So she's written, I think, nearly 50 books. Wow. She's got devotionals. She's got autobiographies. She's written about pain and suffering. So she's had the most incredible ministry yes. under the most difficult circumstances. Yes. But she's active on Facebook. She's got a blog. You can watch little YouTube videos. So even if you're not a reader, yeah. you can be inspired by her life and her story. Oh, that's um, fabulous. I think we, we kind of touched on the last question as well, which is what's keeping you standing firm and growing as a Christian at the moment. Is there anything you want to add to that maybe? No, I, I guess I'm always just aware of my own inadequacies you know you think after being a Christian for 30 or 40 or whatever years it is you'd be flying and you know mm. <laughs> and often you just find that you're not um, and that the daily discipline is hard um, and there are always excuses as mm. to why you're too busy or too tired to to be disciplined in your reading of God's word and in prayer so I haven't started the year particularly well, but my hope would be that I would end better than I started and, yeah, that I would be faithful to God's word and that he would continue to keep me close mm. through his word. And isn't it wonderful that we can actually know that we are inadequate in terms of ability because if we thought we had it all together, we wouldn't need God. Completely. And yeah. yeah, to know that we most certainly do need the saving grace of Jesus on a daily, daily level is actually a great gift. Yeah, and that his gift. faithfulness is everything mm. because mine is pretty pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that, but <laughs> certainly not from where I sit. But yeah, I do understand that it's been tough and it is tough. But I'm looking forward to heaven, I must say. <laughs> Although we're, we're sitting in Cape Town at the moment and I'm visiting after being away from Cape Town for quite a while. And uh, sometimes it does feel a little bit like heaven here in terms <laughs> of the beauty and the wonderful friends and, and uh, the people. Um, but I think it's really important not to make our world so comfortable and so easy that it feels like heaven because then we don't completely focus on the Lord. Um, so yeah, thank you for taking some time to chat and share. I know that if people had to sit with you for longer, they would get many, many more gems from you <laughs> because you have so much wisdom. Thank you, Sue. It's been great to chat to you. And uh, what we'll probably do is in the notes along with this podcast, maybe share links to the books you mentioned. Okay, that's great. Um, so which will be great for people mm. to, to see. So yeah, I'm looking forward to spending some more time with you on my own and with other friends. But
We hope that you've been encouraged by this episode of the Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. We would love to hear your thoughts or have you share this episode with others. Let us know what you think on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter and be sure to tag us with the handle atlpcwcw. Our music is by Dave Depper and special thanks goes to our platform host, the Gospel Coalition Australia. And before we go, I'd like to share with you about a giveaway that we have. If you head on over to our Facebook page, you will find a link there to a giveaway that we have for the Jesus Christmas by Barbara Rioch. It's a family devotional that looks at how Jesus fits into the whole Bible, focusing around this Christmas time. It is wonderful. There's a review on the Gospel Coalition Australia that you can have a look at. And if you head to our Facebook page, you can find out more about how you can win a coffee.